We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Unscriptonites, welcome to another episode of Unscripted, the film show. Uh, I'm Cecilia, joined in the studio with uh, Lewis and Rachel. Guys, hello. Hi. Hi. I forgot everything again because I've come straight from my new job, um, so I don't bring my headphones or my anything with me. No pen, no paper. That's okay. I've got pen, I've got it's, paper and headphones. Oh, that's good. That's good because last week I found it very handy to have a piece of paper so that every time one of you said something and it, it caught something in my brain, I could write it down so I didn't verbalise it <sighs> because my brain is just cray-cray. So you know what my um, new boss said to me today? Because I have been moved from finance to customer service. Mm. She said, and I have to repeat it because I need to put it in my brain because it's awesome. She said, how did you survive in such a quiet environment? <laughs> you're, so, you're so vibrant. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just going to tell this to everybody who tells me I talk too much. <laughs> I don't talk too much. I'm vibrant. Even my boss said so. so yes. Vibrant. I like that. That's I know. I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a great week. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly I had a great week. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving my new job. I'm loving all my new crew. That's it's good. fantastic. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm good to like you found you found your feet. You found yes. your feet. Serving yeah. customers. Oh, they were under me, my legs the whole time. You're, what's that? You're on your legs? They were under oh, my legs, legs the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I went to Rora this week, and uh, I, it, I did all the things you need to do on Rora. I went there. No, you didn't. I went yep, there. I saw. I saw a quokka. Good. And I had a pie, and I came back. That's that's it. Did all the Rona things. I didn't know eating a pie was a thing that you do. I when didn't you go to know Rona. that either. That but just the, the bakery. Oh, that's is it a, a good bakery? Is it? Go to the bakery. Get a pie. You, you bakery. do have to go to the bakery. Yeah. Right. I I do have to point out something that was pointed out um, previously by um, your your wife. Yeah. Um, you didn't take a selfie with a quokka, therefore. Um, the picture that you sent could have been any cocker or any person <laughs> taking that photo, so we don't believe that you went. It could have been, yes, yes, but no, it was it was me. Hang on, wait, is it illegal to take a quokka photo selfie? Take a quokka selfie? Yeah. No, not really. It's just I was kind of there for work, and I just didn't feel the the, the need to, uh, to to crouch down and 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 like you know get into the dirt and and the quokkas they they didn't feel it. They they weren't, they weren't feeling, feeling the, it. They weren't, no, they, they weren't the mood. You've yeah. got to respect Monday them. morning. I mean, yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think They're, I've got a quacky selfie either. And uh, quacky selfie. Sorry, quacky selfie. I've been talking on the phone all day long. My brain is um, been switched off. Um, but uh, yeah, 
But yeah, with the um, I didn't get the uh, quokka selfie, um, but I did see uh, the, a couple of quokkas having a bit of an argy bargy in the pub because <laughs> because oh. the the the, um, the the pub's all open and stuff, and there uh, there was a quokka already in there, and I think that was his like you know this is my territory. I'm the bar quokka, and then another quokka came in, and he was like, "What the hell are you doing, man? I'm the bar quokka," and they went a bit of a quokka squab and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what does a quokka squab sound like? It, 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 it was it was like violent. It oh was dear! Like, it, it is it is like vicious creatures. It is like yeah. squeaky violence, but so for real? No, I actually don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like squeaky violence, <laughs> so but it was violence and squeaky nonetheless. And so I, I don't know what happened to one of the quokkas. I'm assuming the other one ate it. Uh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> they do have long, like little claws. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know they could because you see them like you know just like you know walking or like you know, doing their thing across the ground or occasionally like doing a little hoppy thing, uh, but I've never seen them like their vertical leap. Mm. And uh, this quokka just went boom and just jumped straight up onto like the the, the chair. And I was like, holy crap! I didn't know that they could like bound as much as they bounded. But it was funny because in the in the pub, like you know they they don't care; they'll just drop a deuce anywhere. Mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so there the, 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 like you could see those quokka turds. On the ground, yeah. But then when this thing bounded up onto, like it was like a, a corner couch kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So he bounds up one side, then he goes over to where this this table is, drops a tough couple of turns on the table. <laughs> oh my god! Off. I was like, oh, this is classic <laughs> stuff. I am never uh... going to eat again at whatever pub that was. <laughs> But then, then when you go to the pie shop, there's these little flappy doors uh, at the, the the pie shop, and on the on the the, the, the doors they've got a, a picture of a quokka with like a Ghostbusters like red oh, slash yep. through it. So no quokkas, no quokkas. And then you go inside, and the quokkas are just bounding around. <laughs> they <laughs> they can't read. They're just going, "Screw you guys! I'm 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 going to be wherever the hell I want to be." Screw the, you and your yeah, sign. The only place that had its uh, quokka and and also the birds like the crows and the and the um, the seagulls going off, and and apparently they're, they're very snatchy and will just like take your stuff. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was just going, oh, I wonder how they they deal with that. And there, there's a dome on on Rottnest Island, and the dome has got like all these wires across the yeah. things so the birds can't get in, and then they've got their quokka flaps, so the quokka can't get in. So they they've got their game down. There's there's no there's no quokks and there's no uh, no birds getting in there. So mm. um, it was it was interesting. It was really, uh, uh, but the the best thing was. Um, we were there to go and look at the, the hybrid toilets that are, are installed on the island because we supply the hybrid toilets at my job. What's a hybrid toilet? Uh, so We're about to get schooled. Yeah, okay. Very, very quickly, uh, you've got uh, a primary septic system, uh, which is basically a tank where all the, the poos and wheeze go into, mm-hmm. uh, and all the solid stuff goes to the bottom, all the greasy stuff floats to the top, and then the stuff in the middle is called effluent, which is basically pissy water. <laughs> uh, that goes into a, a secondary tank and then that goes into what's called a leach drain and then that goes into the ground. Uh, so that's how a septic system works. Now, uh, a waste treatment system takes your uh, your water and then treats it and then you know, it goes back into the ocean or does that kind of thing. Um, or, or in the middle ground, there's this thing called a hybrid system where uh, it cleans the water, but not to the same extent as a wastewater treatment system. So you can't okay. drink it. You, oh, you would not drink. No, 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 no. Don't, don't drink. I just took a photo of the face that <laughs> I've been making for the last eight <laughs> minutes. I really, I had this idea that it was a toilet that you had plugged into electricity, and so it was ru- the flusher was rubbed by electricity. No, no. <laughs> I was thinking. 
thinking of like one of those fancy toilets from Japan that like sprays your butt. Oh, well, like I always thought, you know, like everything's electric and then it closes the doors and it cleans the whole place. Those are... Oh, Self cleaning. They're Excel Lose or something. Oh. I think they're called those. Oh. Ones. Uh, we, we do have those in Perth. Have you not seen those? Yeah, I have. Okay. But I just I was like, oh, it's one of those. No, but no. like, it's no, they, part they, electricity and part solar yeah, power. No, or something. With with the hybrid toilets, they're for remote areas and like you know, Rottnest Island outside the mm. settlement. Everything is remote there, and so you want to have a toilet where you don't need to have it plugged into power or anything like that. <laughs> yes. Um, and just you know, solar power runs the fan and those kind of things, and so um, that's what these systems do. We probably needed a trigger warning at the start of this conversation if you don't like conversations about poos and weeds. <laughs> I, I, that's all part of life. It's it, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's all good. But uh, yeah, so we went, that's what I went to, to look at and uh, we got driven around the island. Ooh. How posh is that? That's very you go, posh. You go, to Rot, you go to Rotnest and it's kind of like, you know, you're going to get on a bus or you're going to walk or you're going to ride a bike, but you don't get in a car. But I did, so I'm pretty uh, pretty uh, up on myself about that. <laughs> Just going, yeah, got driven around, chauffeured, driven around oh, in a ute. Dear. In a ute. Island. Somewhat loses some of its charm when you say ute. Nah, it's, it's classy. Chauffeur driven. You know, yeah. yote. But it's so weird. Like, when, you, when you think about Rottnest Island, it's like, oh, I'll go to Rottnest Island and go to all the beaches. And it's like the outside of the settlement, if you do go to Rottnest Island and you're going to go to the other beaches, make sure you take water and food and stuff with you because there is literally nothing there except for sand and water. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great place, but you've got to plan ahead. Plan mm. ahead is the tip from uh, Lewis. Oh, now speaking of uh, planning things, um, oh, yes. I've got to read. I've got to read this thing out. It's from the uh, Coburn Power Boats, uh, and it's about something that's happening uh, tomorrow, uh, which is Friday the eighth of September, uh, between one thirty p.m. and one forty-five. So it start. It's a bit. Uh, sorry, it's one thirty for a one forty-five start, and it concludes at two thirty. And it's the Coburn Power Boats to renew support of Australia's largest seagrass restoration program in the Coburn Sound, uh, and the location is the Coburn Power Boats Club at twenty-eight Jervis Bay uh, Cove in Coogee. Now. The Coburn Power Boats will sign a meaningful memorandum of understanding to support Australia's fishery conservation charity, Ozfish Unlimited Seeds for Snapper program this Friday, the 8th of September at 1.45. The club will provide space for the seagrass fruit processing tanks in November and use and use of its facilities to ensure uh, that future viability of the habitat restoration program. The club will also educate club members to help harvest and disperse the seeds. That's really interesting because yeah. it's seagrass. And I never thought, oh, yeah, that must come from seeds. But apparently it does. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you're learning stuff. Um, so you can uh, uh, find out more information by calling CAM on 94185868 or go to www.cpb.org.au. Uh, and I think that's all the information. Oh, for more information, uh, Leonie Moore, you can also call uh, them on uh, 94185868. Yes, and if you were listening to that and um, you missed those numbers, you can give us a call directly and we will read them to you over the phone. Our number is 94942100. You can do that in an ad break, um, which we will be going through shortly. However... So that's that's the seagrass for snappers. So the snappers must live in the seagrass. So if you like snappers, then you've got to like seagrass. Yes. Mm. It's about ecology and and all that jazz. Mm. Mm. Um, Have you guys 
Did you guys used to watch Sex in the City? I feel like I have never watched Sex in the City. I feel like Kat well, used to watch it. I did because there's, there's uh, like sex in it, so <laughs> clearly right up my alley. So I, I did, yes. Okay, because I I only watched it in bits and pieces, and I don't think I was a massive fan. But um, did you watch the new um, and just like that? And just like that, I did. Have you finished it all? Because I haven't, I so have. don't tell me anything. I've only watched the first couple of episodes of I guess it's the first season I guess you would call it because it's not sex in the city it's and just like that yeah so um the first episode annoyed me to no end because I'm like these stupid annoying rich New York ladies with all their rich friends and their expensive it's like watching an episode of um Beverly Hills no yeah housewives or something like real housewives real housewives yeah yeah that's what I'm talking about the real housewives of wherever they're (laughs) from I'm like I feel like these don't rep- these people don't represent me at all. Um, but they clearly don't yeah. represent the people living in New York either, because like every single time you see them, they're dressed up in these really over the top outfits, and then everyone else has walked past them in jeans and t-shirts. I think the show is really just a fashion show, and I feel like maybe that's all it was—a show about sex and fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess if you're interested in sex and fashion, it's probably for you. Um, but y- yeah. I I'm, I probably will finish it because I think it's only ten episodes per season. Yeah, and, and so it's it, not many. It, it's it's a good show. It's very watchable. It's just like, but you can't help yourself but go, oh come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. A bit, and, and, and when they go to that ball thing that they got in America, where everyone dresses. Oh, up, the Met Ball. The Met I ball. haven't got to that the episode Met. yet. Yeah. I think that's the next episode for yeah, me. Wait, is it reality or not? No, no, no. no, no. It's it, not reality. You know, no, you know, Sex and City, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's those characters. Those characters just them minus Samantha. Tw- ah, yeah. oh. them twenty years on. Okay, because Samantha's in London, in England, and there's no planes. Apparently, <laughs> planes don't exist. Oh no, um, yes, because of the awkward fallout between um, Kim Cattrall and the rest of the cast, or her and Sarah Jessica ah. Parker. So I would have come back for the paycheck myself, but you know, that's oh, just well, me. she obviously doesn't need the paycheck, and sometimes your mental health is more important. Well, she should have like she was on. Uh, so they were doing and just like that, and Kim Cattrall was doing How I Met Your Father mm-hmm. uh, over on Hulu or, or Disney See? Plus. She's fine, uh, but the thing is, How I Met Your Father. It's a spin-off of How I Met Your Mother, mm. and the whole thing is like leading up to finding out how you met the father. The the whole premise of it is in the title of the show. Uh, it's been cancelled after two seasons. We're uh, never going to know how she met the father. I'm devastated. Nobody cares. I care. I needed to know. Now, did now, you did now you I watch feel... all of How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, I did. All um, of How I Met Your Mother. How, all of all of How I Met Your Father to date. I'll never know how. There's how so much. That's so much commitment. That's like people who watched all of Big Bang Theory. Isn't there like 19 seasons? I've of that? watched all of Big Bang Theory. Is there 19 seasons? I have no idea. I feel like there's so it's many a good chunk of, but they're like seasons. twenty minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is true. It's not like that Grey's Anatomy. There's like twenty million seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and those episodes are long. And you've also got to study medicine as well to understand it. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of commitment. Maybe not quite, but we might go to some sponsors and be back. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We are back from our break. A uh, couple of films to talk about. The uh, this show we forgot to mention at the top of the show were uh, the Nun Two, uh, a film called Biosphere, and uh, the Haunted Mansion. I made a really great punny joke like outside when we were talking about Nun Two, and I couldn't 
I, I'm like, oh, I should use that on air, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> oh, you've forgotten the, the pun. The pun. I made a great pun and we were like chuckling away politely because that's what you do when someone makes a pun. Yes. Um, yeah. I feel rude because I can't even remember it. Oh, must have been good then. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect you to remember it. If I can't remember it, how are you supposed to remember yeah, it? Yeah, well, that's that's true. I mean, well, I mean, I should have been listening to you talking. Well, that's you, what a good person would do, right? You you did, but it went one ear and out the other, and that's completely fine. So I made a couple of more, like, nun jokes, like none your business and mm, nuns on the run. <laughs> it had to do with, like, none, none to, oh, none nun, to, nuns too. Electric Boogaloo. Nope. Um. Nuns too. Well, I, it sounds like you want to hear about the nuns too. <laughs> so maybe I'll kick off with that and you okay. can think about I'll think about think it. Think about the joke. And maybe it'll spring to mind. And the audience is just on the edge of this. They paid for the whole seat, but they're just sitting on the edge. Yeah, it, may, waiting. Come, it may come back to you when I, when I talk about it. So yes. maybe, I don't know. Hopefully, and then you can just spring it in, and we'll, and we'll laugh. It about won't it be again. worth it because if there's been so much build up. I know everyone will be like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> nuns too. Nuns on the run. That's what it was. Nuns on the run. Because wasn't there like a t- a movie or something it about was, nuns it on was, the run? Uh, nuns on the run, and it was Eric. I'm sure it's Eric Idle. And, yes. Um, oh, Robert Col- Robbie Coltrane. Yes. Yeah. See, okay, it wasn't a pun. It was a reference to another it's movie, movie. which is. Good because I'm on a movie sh- a movie show. Movie show. Uh, I have a feeling this film though is a lot different to that film. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, is uh, the follow up to the 2018 uh, supernatural film uh, directed by Corrid Hardy, and uh, it's written by Gary Dorberman from a story by him and uh, James Wan. Uh, people will know James Wan from, you know, the Saw films uh, as well as The Conjuring. Uh, and this film is a little bit of a, a kind of spin-off prequel to The Conjuring. So people who love, or The Conjuring 2 specifically, so people who love that kind of universe um, will know this film or know this character, The Nun. And in the first film you've got, um, and I can never say her name well, uh, is it Tessa Famiga? Vera Famiga's, no, sister? Oh, Vera Famiga has a sister? Yeah, young sister. She's very, very young. Uh, does she look a lot like will, her? I need to look at her She now. does. Um, people will know her from American Horror Story. Her name is spelt T-A-I-S-S-A, and I don't know if it's Tessa, but just spelt cool. Uh, but anyway, you see her, you know her. She's been on lots of stuff. Um, she's a person. She's a person, and she plays uh, a nun. Uh, she's not the demonic nun, though. She's just a normal nun. Uh, and she is tasked with uh, uncovering a holy secret in Romania in the first film uh, involving a demonic spirit. Uh, so it's kind of set in the late 50s, uh, 19, not late 50s, it's set in the early 50s, 1952. Uh, and, yeah, this unseen evil force is kind of threatening, uh, you know, this monastery so this particular nun, which I should get her name for, uh, let me find her name. Sister Mary Agnes. Her, Sister Irene. Sister oh, well, Irene. I, I got the first bit right. Uh, Sister Irene. Your sister. Is, yeah. Well done. Well <laughs> done. You. I have uh, no idea how you did that. She's tasked with uh, kind of going and investigating 
what is going on and that's where they uncover this creepy yeah, demonic spirit uh, that which is a nun. It's it's hard to explain. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the images off the nun. I, I have. I know the nun because I've seen some of the. It's in. It's some of the Insidious films. Is it Insidious or is it the Conjuring? Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yeah, because yes. I always mix those up. The the Insidious and Conjuring. I mix them up all the time. Me too. They're all the same to yeah. me. They're all pretty good um, at building that suspense. Mm. Uh, those films. So it's quite a creepy looking character. Yes. Uh, but in the nun. Well, nuns are creepy. Uh, my yeah. mum went to a Catholic school. She can. She can agree with that. And in The Nun 2, Sister Irene uh, returns. This time around, uh, the nun, the creepy spirit, demonic... Demonic nun. Nun is uh, threatening a boarding school. Uh, And, uh, yes, uh, she's called in again, much to her despise, to go and sort this uh, spirit out once again. So why is the nun, the, the evil demonic nun... Why is she being evil and demonic? What What's her story? What's her deal? That's, what happened? Well, who did what to see, her? You've got to go and see the nun too to find out. Uh, oh, it's an nice, origin story. Was she a nice nun? Did she get Did she get turned? Was Was there like an evil emperor that was? She, well, she, she just said you have to go and you see have to go it. And find out, but what it really is is a demonic force that I think has taken over the body. Right. Off a nun, potentially. Look, I, I have seen the first film <laughs> and I cannot remember it for the life of me. And the second one delves a little bit into what the demonic force is doing at this boarding school. So, look, it's all about the jump scares. That's what these films are built on. I don't want to get too bogged down in detail. <laughs> I don't uh, think horror I'm movies sure are supposed to be these that. these films do answer it. I feel like the first one may have delved into a little bit of that and I probably should have done my homework and rewatched it prior to seeing this film. Oh, look, uh, I don't, you probably didn't need to, but though. You, you don't, really. Uh, a, a lot of it's kind of recapped in this film. So if you've not seen The Nun 1, you can go and see this film, get a little bit of a recap. You get the idea that Sister Irene, you know, has taken on this evil force before. Uh, she's, you know, tasked by the, the Catholic Church to go and do it again. And, you know, uh, this one's, you know, threatening uh, kids at a boarding school. So I guess there's a lot at stake. You don't want, you know, those young poor children to be killed off by an evil nun. So no, course, they've got to go forth and procreate. You know, so, of course, <laughs> Sister Irene is going to go. She can't not go. So uh, even though she doesn't really want to, because, uh, you know, the first time she almost got killed, but, you know, she can't let the young children die. So good on her. But, that would uh, be bad for an under like kids die. It would. Yeah. But I think, look, this has got all the elements of, you know, one of those kind of scary films. Mm. I think, you know, it, for me, Insidious uh, was a really scary film. Uh, the Conjuring, not too bad, but not as good as Insidious. But I think, you know, you've got this character lurking in the dark and... It's that old school kind of horror that, you know, that suspense is being built up. And I could tell it was suspenseful because in this particular screening, there was an embargo to the film. So they had security guards uh, at this film. Did the security guard And the security guard in the corner, uh, right down at the front at this big screen, and it was on the big, big cinema too. Any time you could hear the music change or the lighting change. He would just take a couple of steps up the <laughs> cinema away from the screen uh, because, you know, he was a little bit scared of uh, jumping. Yeah. So I could always tell when something suspenseful was going to happen. But there's some creepy moments in this film. It's not a, you know, an amazing film 
um, by any stretch of the imagination. But it is what I I tend to call like a, a sleepover horror film. Mm. It's it's good for laughs and giggles and those jump scares that you get when you're, you know, with a group of girlfriends having a sleepover. <laughs> you know, scary yeah. type stuff. So, look, it's got those elements and I'm always and have always been a fan of that type of horror. So, for me, you know, I quite enjoyed this film. Again, it's not going to, you know, win any awards or... What? Um, it could. It, it could. might. You never know. There might be some horror awards or something. Well, maybe. Uh, I do think, though, I've seen some better work from, you know, James Wan. Uh, you know, Insidious uh, was was really good. So, look, this is in cinemas now if you do want to go and see a jump scare type of movie. Uh, and I am going to score this. This is hard because it's not a great film, but it does have some good horror elements. I reckon that's a three and a half. I reckon it's a three. I'm going to give oh. this a three. I'm going to give it three magazine covers. Right. Three magazine covers. So The Nun 2, it's in cinemas now, if you like a good old school horror uh, with the suspense and the jump scares and a creepy demonic character, uh, this would be for you. Is it like, does The Nun get like, because whenever I've seen her and other things, she's always been a background kind of character mm-hmm. who just like is there and they're not there. But in this film, does she get like really involved and like is she attacking people and stuff? She is. So there's a few attacks, but she still tends to linger a little bit in the dark. So it's one of those characters that they don't kind of bring out in full force. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't lose that effect. You know, when you're faced with something scary and you see it in light, it's not necessarily as scary. Mm. So they try and keep her in the shadows uh, a little bit more so that it is a little bit scary. But there's a few attacks. Uh, and yeah, a few moments of um, yeah her popping up uh, in places where you kind of get a glimpse of her face uh, as well. And she's very tall; mm-hmm. she kind of rises up and you know does that. So uh, I- she's demonstrating for all those listening at home. Yeah. Her arms are raising in the air, almost like an old school Dracula. Yes, uh, she kind of does that. So she lurks in the dark. Uh, but you, you get enough of her to see her and her creepiness because she's quite a creepy-looking character. I think all they really need to do is to freak people out uh, with a nun is just have her, like, with a ruler. and uh, <laughs> A real nun with a ruler. Yeah, most most people from my generation would be scared shitless of <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, yes, they yeah. would be. Yeah. I, thankfully, I would, did go to a Catholic school, but they had um, taken the, the corporal punishment mm-hmm. out by the time I started. Was it still... I believe, yes, it was. The, oh. when, I, when I went to primary school, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the principal at one point had a, uh, a, a thing of leather called, oh. called Willie. Oh, no. And you did not want to get hit by the principal's Willie, let me tell you. <laughs> um, That's a whole other type of... It, it was called Willie. Well, that was that a Catholic that, that school. Just was, that just wasn't a joke to make us funny. That wasn't just to make us funny joke. It was actually legit that it was called Willie. Um, but yeah, it was. That was it. And uh, Sister Myrene, she used to be a fan of the Ruler. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I think my bro might have got a, a bit of a spanking in, in school, but um, oh, generally word. I didn't. Um, whenever I screwed up, it was usually like monumental. <laughs> they just felt sorry for me. Aww. So uh, so yeah. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't get beaten as much. Maybe I did. Maybe I just like blocked, blocked it out. It out. Blocked. It'll come. It'll come back one day, and it'll really haunt me. <laughs> um, my that past mom, trauma just uh, resurfaces. Yeah. My mum went to a Catholic school with all nuns, and 
I remember she took me to a Catholic school because that was just the done thing. Mm-hmm. They, also, they were the cheapest private schools at a time and I wonder maybe they still are. But I remember coming home and saying, I want to be a nun when I grow up and she was mortified. <laughs> Don't worry. As any parent would be, I'm it sure. It didn't last very long. But I always remember her telling me the story about the smartest girl in her class. She got all A's. She was like, you know, the nuns absolutely loved her. One day she put her hand up and she said, Sister, whatever, why is Jesus white when he was born in this area so his skin should be dark? And she got a bollocking. <gasps> so, yep, yep. Oh. I'm like, that is such an interesting experience. Ooh, yeah. But, yeah, mm, random. Well, on that note, I'm we here might, for random uh, information. might take another break and come back and talk about the Haunted Mansion, yeah. which is a different type of scary movie, <laughs> kind of. Anyway. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Oh, sorry, a bit of a delay there coming back. My mistake. Was there? No one would ever even notice. Uh, we're back and we're going to talk about the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Before we do that, though, it's only occurred to me um, that because I grew up in, a, in the the end of uh, of corporal punishment, um, the, the, the that... When when you're growing up as a kid, just having that thing in the back of your head, knowing that if you did something wrong, you could get like beaten for it, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, legit, like you're, mm. you, you get spanked with a ruler or with a belt or something like that. So in the back of your head, it was always, oh my god, if I do something wrong, I could get beaten for it. Yeah, that is still in my head. That's not good. Yeah, that that is still today is like. Uh, you know, oh shit! I want to screw up because I get beaten for it. Even though I'm an adult, 47, mm. and I know that is not going to happen, it's still in the back of my head. So anyone who who thinks that like um, you know, threatening their children with violence is the best way to educate them, just know that you're kind of screwing them up for the rest of their life. So yeah, don't do that. I I do remember. I have the um, distinct memory of like if someone would walk past me behind me, I'd kind of like like shrug my shoulders yeah. and like like a little bit of scaredness because of that memory mm. not because I had corporal punishment yeah. but because I've witnessed anyway that's probably too personal to go <laughs> I, uh, actually mine's probably too personal I was gonna say I have the habit of apologizing all the time for things even when Same. it's not my fault like if a waiter brings out the wrong food that I like, I've ordered something and they've brought out something else. I'll apologize because I'm like, that's obviously my fault because I didn't make it clear enough or something like yes. that. Yes, but I think as a result of yeah, just the way that I was brought up and punished as a kid, I, I just apologize for everything. I think it's also something. I don't know if it's something for all females, mm. but I feel like I have to apologize for existing all yeah. the time. All and the I'm time. like, and so my my new work mates are like, we need to get you a sorry jar. Yeah, I'm like really? Yeah, don't, don't apologize. And I'm like, oh, I'm like... sorry for that. And Meredith's like, oh, you just said sorry again. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I know, strange. Hey, now, it's like legitimately, if you screw something up, then an apology is warranted. But generally speaking, I think we over apologize, mm. and we should uh, should stop doing that. <laughs> yes, because I don't think it's just females. There are males who definitely apologise. Well, I think I think you're right. Women probably do it more. And, yes. And it's kind of like this expectation for some godforsaken reason. I don't know. There if there is a god. Anyway, uh, but that, that women do that. I mean, I don't get it. It's just like, no, no. Patriarchy. Probably the patriarchy. Patriarchy. Yep. Quite it's right. just easy. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. Very true. Very true. Now, um, 
So something uh, that, as we said, like you talked about The Nun 2, which is a scary horror film with lots of jump scares. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very hard to, to sleep if you go and see this. Uh, I, I went and saw um, Haunted Mansion, which is a PG-13 film. Um, but still, it's a horrorish kind of film. It's dealing with ghosts and ghouls and things that go bump in the night. Um, so probably not best to bring young kids to the cinema. Okay. Um, and babies generally speaking, like you should avoid bringing them because they're very unpredictable. I feel like you might be starting to tell us that someone took a baby to a haunted mansion screening. That's exactly what I'm going to tell you is that the, somebody Wasn't took, it a preview screening? No, no, this was not a preview screening. This oh, okay. A, this was a, like a normal screening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, somebody decided that it would be a good night out to bring their very young uncontrollable baby to a screening of a movie and so they were constantly getting up and going out and going back in and there was someone else with a kid that was like you know under like probably eight under eight or (gasps) something like that it's like this is a film about you know a a haunted mansion where there's going to be ghosts and it's going to be a bit scary Uh, it's still disney but it's still not like you know well this is the thing like we were talking about this film i think it was last week because i I watched Chris and I watched the trailer when we went and saw Gran Turismo and we were both like, oh, Bryce would like that, but we're definitely not taking him like at at the cinemas because it's a at-home watch with your parents type thing to make sure it's not and maybe parents watch first. That's why it's PG, parental guidance, which Mm -hmm. means, I mean, maybe you should watch it first and maybe not at the cinema if you've got kids that young because stuff on the big screen is much, much scary. If you watch it on the little screen... You know, less scary. This is very true. On your phone. Com- coming from the person who watches horror movies on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the, the second crack at uh, the Haunted Mansion that Disney's done. Uh, there was an Eddie Murphy version of it 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago? I know. Wow. And the, and the weird thing is if you look at Eddie Murphy then and look at Eddie Murphy now, he hasn't really changed that much. No. So somebody's made a pact with a devil. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, yeah, the, the new Haunted Mansion is set in uh, New Orleans, which I I'm totally for because, like, New Orleans, it just, it's got that spooky kind of vibe to it. Mm. Um, but it's like a fun kind of environment as well. Um, but it definitely can be scary. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I would, you know, Kat and I were there together and um, we were walking around a bit at night and stuff like that. And yeah, it was like, oh, I'm a bit un- uncertain about this. Um, you're just scary from the people that were around. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think this is. A, I think this may be because a lot of things are like horror type things are set in that in New Orleans. Yeah, maybe lots of like voodoo. Yes, there's the voodoo dolls. thing. Yeah. You've got dolls, all the really but... old um, like houses in the main yeah. area. Yeah. Also, America, yeah. also America is a kind of place where like uh, you could be in a place and if you take a wrong turn down the wrong street then it can be a very scary place that you end up in. Yeah. So more so than Australia. In Australia, you're very uh, very, very unlikely to do that kind of well, thing. Well, nine times out of ten, hopefully they don't have a gun in this Australia, whereas in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, it's great. I've been to New Orleans. I love the place. So I want to go back and have more beignets and stuff. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the Haunted Mansion is set there and it's uh, – this version of it, uh, you have got uh, Rosario Dawson playing Gabby and her son Travis, played by Chase Dillon. Uh, they have moved to New Orleans to go and live in the uh, Gracie Manor. Um, they rock up there and they're like, yeah, hey, rock on, big manor, awesome. Go inside, realise haunted. 
as heck. Uh, and uh, so they, they, they go in there and uh, they decide to enlist the help of a priest played by Owen Wilson called Father Kent. Uh, Father Kent's like, oh, this is a bit outside my ballpark. You know, it's a you know exorcism kind of thing. Maybe uh, we need to find someone who can prove that there's actually ghosts here. And he enlists the help of Ben uh, Matthias, who's played by Lakeith Stanfield, and um, he is a, a guy who was a uh, like really smart scientist guy mm-hmm. uh, but he also invented a camera that can take photographs of spirits and uh, so they, they bring him on board um, and they all kind of get stuck having to live at Gracie Manor um, and it's one of these weird things that when you cross the threshold if you leave a ghost will follow you home <laughs> And That's just rude. Until you go back, <laughs> and uh, and there's there's a good reason for it, um, but I won't go. I won't go. They're into lonely. No, no, no. There's well, there's 999 ghosts. In, so probably not lonely. Yeah, in the haunted match, there's 999 ghosts, uh, but there's always room for one more. Now, if um, you have been to Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Uh, or um, Tokyo Disney uh, and ridden the Haunted Mansion. The, the words, uh, there's 99 uh, ghosts, but there's always room for one more. Uh, the ghost will follow you home. Uh, those words will have, have meaning to you because they're, they're words spoken in the ride. And because this is a movie that's based on the Disney ride, there's a lot of uh, Easter eggs in there for people who've ridden the ride. Um, and uh, one of the main characters, uh, the main and Protagonist in the film um, is the Hatbox Ghost, played by Jared Leto, and he is a character who was supposed to be in the original Haunted Mansion ride in Disneyland, and he was, but they took him out very soon after they opened because um, his effect was he's holding a hatbox and his head is supposed to disappear from where a head should be and appear into the hat box, hence the hat box ghost. Uh, but they couldn't get the effect to work very well. Ah. So they, they took him out and mothballed him. But then decades later, in the last like 10 years or so, they've put him in there and actually got the effect to work properly. And so he's now in Disneyland. He's going to go into Disney World's Haunted Mansion this year. Um, and he's the main antagonist in this film. Uh, it's actually one of Jared Leto's best roles uh, because you don't know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment or a stab. Yeah, uh, I liked funny. him in the Dallas um, Buyers yeah, Club. Yeah, no, it's just uh, just some some stuff he's done recently. Yeah, just it. oh come on. Now. Yeah, Morbius but, and yeah, but he's 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 good in this. But again, like if they didn't tell you it was Jerry Lowe, you'd have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this is a. It's fun. It's, 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 a, it's a fun romp. I mean, as I said, you've got Rosario Dawson is fantastic, Owen Wilson, uh, Tiffany Haddish is in this. Oh, playing, yeah. Playing Love a her. spiritualist. Um, uh, like, yeah, she, she's great. Um, uh, Danny DeVito uh, plays uh, Bruce Davis. It's like guy who's you know knows all the haunted mansions and stuff in mm-hmm. America. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Madame Leota. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a head in a globe thing um yeah it's just it's a, a fun movie it's so, a fun movie it really so is. what's the um the the tagline that you were saying 999 999 happy haunts but there's always room for one more see as someone who's not aware of that line when it came up in the the trailer i was like and 
99 problems and, and a ghost date. Like that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was expecting them to say I got 999 ghosts but this ghost ain't one, one or something that. like, right. yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, the, the with the, um, the film, so you got the, the 999 ghosts uh, in the ride as well. When you finish the, the ride, there's these three ghosts that are there and they're like trying to hitch a ride. So they're called the hitchhiking ghosts. And then when you go past the, the last bit of the ride, you're facing these mirrors. And in the mirror, you see yourself sitting in the doom buggy, which is the vehicle you're in. And in the mirror, you see the hitchhiking ghosts like Ooh, just like going, yeah, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then there's in the um, the ride as well. There's the bride, uh, who is this woman who marries. Uh, She's in white, obviously. Yes, and yep. she marries her um, husbands and then uh, kills them. Uh, so you get to meet her as well. Why um, is she the ghost and not her husbands? Um, well, the husbands are probably there as well, but she's uh, she's one of the, the your main ghosts, right? Uh, that you see. Uh, but it's it's a great film. Like I, I really enjoyed this film. Um, it's yeah, it just taking the the basis of the ride and doing a story around it. Um, it's I think it's a much better story than the story they told in the Eddie Murphy Haunted <laughs> Mansion. Um, and yeah, it was just it was good fun. Uh, it was scary, but not too scary. Um, and I am going to give uh, the Haunted Mansion um, four and a half. Oh, four and a half. Um, oh, so many, so many things, so many things. Uh, floating candelabras. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, the Haunted Mansion in cinemas now. It is. It is. Uh, Go and check it out. We will take another break and uh, come back and talk about Biosphere. Again, a very different film, eh? a science fiction. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. A Biosphere. Now, do you want to hear the spoiler version or the non-spoiler version of this film? Well, I, I feel like we should be doing the non-spoiler. Yeah, so- I think so because it's out just today so people yes. haven't really had the opportunity to go and see the film so i will keep it spoiler free uh in that case i just i for a second thought it was a remake of the paulie shaw biodome <laughs> <laughs> but i know it's not uh, um different film uh, i'm afraid but uh this film is it's written by mark duplass uh, sense with uh, his frequent collaborator uh, and first-time feature director Mel Eslin. So she directs the film. Uh, but it centres on Friends Billy, played by uh, Mark Duplass. I, I don't think it's Duplass. I think it's Duplass. Is it Duplass or Duplass? I, I always say Duplass. Duplass. So I'm probably saying it wrong as well. Anyway, we know who he is, Yes, right? He's got we that do. face. He's got he a face. He does have that face. Oh. I love him. Uh, and Ray is his friend. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, yes. Yeah, baby. Um, and these guys are possibly the last two surviving members of the human race. We don't really know or learn uh, why the world ended, but we do learn that Billy was the most recent president of the United States. State, state. <laughs> uh, so, so, the, so the world is ending, and uh, and the white guy is the last president. Yep. That's depressing. Well, that uh, that seems to that tick is all depressing. The boxes. <laughs> uh, but he. So this is uh, set in twenty twenty five, or he probably. <laughs> it's an unspecified time, but um, he feels you know 
responsible for the fate of the planet. Uh, and you've got Ray, who is not only his long-term childhood friend, but his scientific advisor. And uh, he built this biosphere in preparation for an event like this. So it's got everything they need to survive. Uh, you've got renewable food sources, uh, electricity, water, uh, books, and uh, even a Nintendo, which they often spend time on. Uh, But things begin to take a bit of a turn when their food supply is threatened uh, and a mysterious green dot appears outside the biosphere. Not biodome, guys. Not bio. So without giving too much away, the film plays kind of with the idea of evolution in the face of extinction. Uh, that's very vague. But, yeah. But uh, that's I, – I, if I say any more, it's going to give probably too much away and I don't want to spoil that for no, people. No, because it sounds really interesting. When I went to see this film – and I, I kind of experienced it for the first time. It was joyful to go, oh, wow, that's insane that they're playing with this idea. So I don't want to give it away. I'd rather people go and see it. But what I will say about the film is that um, Brown and Duplass have a fantastic on-screen chemistry. I think they uh, worked really well together. And uh, I think the movie is one of those examples of, you know, using limited setting, uh, minimal number of characters, uh, and really just surprising the audience with what they've got. So it's mm. a low-budget low film, but it, it's so well made and it's got a very ambiguous type ending as well so it you know opens up that discourse for you know conversation about uh, what you think the ending is or you know what happens oh, uh, I love that but yeah just the idea of evolution and and you know how that works so yeah really interesting film I had a lot of fun with this it's very enjoyable it's um short sharp and sweet uh, it's not too long, so you don't have to sit there, you know, feeling a little mm. bit, you know, bored, particularly that one type, you know, when you've got one setting, mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel a bit like that. Mm. But, uh, no, I really enjoyed the, the the characters in this and I think, yeah, it's a great example of a low-budget film uh, which has a bit of everything. So I, I'm just taken aback. So what looks to me, it's uh, two cisgendered men mm-hmm. living in a biodome and the, um, the the film short plot is in the not too distant future the last two men on earth must adapt and evolve to save humanity yeah they're two dudes yeah <laughs> yeah it's like how does that work so that that that, that makes a bit of a bit, uh, my interest is perked yeah uh, peaked perky. yeah peaked, 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 it's, it's peaked. perky peaked. your interest I'm, is perky I'm perky interest uh it is in uh select cinemas uh, as of today so yeah go and check it out if you want to go and see something different uh it's fresh unique uh and you which i like it's it's playing with these ideas i haven't quite seen on screen before so really enjoyed this and i'm going to score this a four four mario brothers it's interesting because I don't think I've ever seen anything with that features one of the Duplass brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Jay and Mark, who often obviously work together, yeah. not not in this film. But, yeah, I've never seen anything that they've acted in or written that I've not liked or directed. I think they're just very, 
whatever they write seems to seems to kind of tap into something. It's always a bit quirky as yes. well, which I like. Yeah. So I think that's what I enjoyed about this. And, uh, you know, it's always, I love going to the movies and hearing the audience reaction. Yeah. And this was a classic example of the, oh, 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 <laughs> type of, you know, yeah. thing that you get. So I really enjoyed that. And just hearing people talk as you leave the cinema yes. about the film, I really enjoyed that. And you always know it's a good film if it has the the power to do that whether mm. people dislike or not or not to even you know talk about it and and raise the conversation it's, yeah. it's obviously done its job so yeah. yeah go and see it uh you know it's one of those ones that probably won't get a wide release or much attention yeah uh, but certainly does warrant uh a, a little bit of attention and and hopefully some awards sounds awesome um our show's almost finished but um if you noticed, dear listeners, I haven't reviewed anything tonight other than, and that's why we drink. No, that's a podcast. And um, just like that. And just like that, yep. Um, because I have been reading a book um, called Broken Lives and do you guys know who Eric Edgar Cook is? No. He was the last man to be hung in WA. Oh, oh wow. So... Um, in my mother's childhood, she remembers a time where all of a sudden her parents were locking the doors and, you know, being very careful. So he um, committed a lot of um, criminal acts, which included murder, um, hit and runs, lots of them. Um, and it's just a part of our Perth history that uh, I've heard about and I felt like I wanted to know more because it happened here and it's also separated from me being alive. Like the Claremont killings were very mm. much in my time yes. and I grew up around it so it makes me more uncomfortable. But because this was like back in the 60s, I feel like uh, it's a little bit more interesting. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to read like, you know, that Belmont was still like all dairy farms and and then they describe like they give you an address of where someone lived or whatever and it's like a small you know two-bedroom brick house and then you go and have a look at it because a lot of these places are in like Claremont and everything they're these they, they're massive houses now and you can see where the original house was and then the rest of it wow. um but yeah I got it I got it out from the library gotta love a library card guys um but it's a book that came out uh I think in 2001 and it's written by Estelle Blackburn, won a Walkley Award. The only reason I'm um, talking about it is because I haven't watched anything this week and I cannot put this book down. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was the, the book resulted in massive changes for the people who – there was a couple of people who got put away – for things that he did um, and then he confessed and they got out but they were never exonerated. So this book was written and these people who um, had gone to jail and were released got exonerated basically because of the power of this book. So art changes things. So, yeah. I love a good book when you cannot put it down. Yes. You're reading it, you know, all hours of the night. Uh -huh. And I find they're really hard to come by sometimes. It is. I, I so. don't read much at all mm. other than uni stuff. And so it's the first time I've found a book. And I, I don't normally, I watch a lot of true crime stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't often read it because I'm like, I don't know if I want to delve 
and get really deep in the weeds. Reading is very different to listening. It is. <laughs> it is. You kind of get really into it. And there was a point, I, I got to a point in the book and I was like, I have to put this book down now. It's it's making me too sad. Ooh. But, you know, then I picked it up the next day and kept going. Wow. It's really well written. Anyway, I guess we got to get out of here because um, that's, that's our show done. Done and dusted. Any final words before we, uh, we uh, what's that, the clapper? The action. Action. But um, not action, that's a, that's a wrap. Yeah, before we wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was a huge way of getting around to that we, I Hey, we all knew what you meant. So I, I think that's time to, it's time. to wrap it up. It's we'll, time. Uh, we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Laters. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.